Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading this day is from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, a rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people will be taken away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him that He might save us. This is the Lord. We had waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this day. Is from Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and arm your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and have heard and seen in me, Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. I invite the congregation to please rise as we continue with singing the Alleluia in verse. The Holy Gospel, according to Matthew chapter 22. 
And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. And again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guest, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how do you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I just wanted to give you a little insight. Oh, no, no, no. No, this is the crazy thing because I want you to know that when I hear these words, that goes through my head. Now, oftentimes I cut it off about halfway through, but for the next week or two, it's always going through my head. It's an old Keith Green song. I, it took me a while to locate it because I forgot it was actually in a little medley. Just a couple of scripture passages, put the music, and that was one of them. That's the first thing that runs through my head whenever I hear these words from Philippians. The second thing that usually flows from the first thing is actually the title for today's sermon. Always? Always. That's a huge statement, you know. Because always means always. All the time. Not just sometimes. All the time. So, like Today, I mentioned to one of our members on the way in. Boy, when you have to preach on rejoicing, you sure wish your emotions and your body were in the rejoicing mode, right? I got to tell you, I get to preach on rejoicing in the Lord, and what I really want to do is this. My whole body is just uh, right now. It's not bad. Part of it's from we had a great work day outside yesterday. Didn't get enough sleep today. But boy, you sure wish that your emotions would come along with the words, right? Or another case ran across just recently. 
Mike, our janitor for the last, I don't, I forgot how many years, 10, 12, 20. <laughs> He's retiring. And when I found out, I said to Mike, I said, Mike, I'm happy for you. My face isn't going to show it though. <laughs> I am. I'm genuinely happy for Mike, an opportunity for a retirement. But now we're without this great asset at church. Rejoice in the Lord always. <sighs> always. Not just during the easy times. Not just during the times of plenty. Not during those times of natural joy. But also in times of sorrow. When things are difficult. In times of loss. Now as all this stuff is swirling around in my head, you see a pretty uh, good uh, picture of what it's like to rejoice in the easy times. This picture that's up on the static slide is nominated for this year's International Comedy Wildlife Photography Award. It was taken by Jason Moore in Perth, Africa. When I saw that, I immediately thought, that guitar's, that, that, that uh, kangaroo's playing the air guitar, and I know he's singing, Rejoice in the Lord always! Right? There are times when it is so easy to rejoice in the Lord. But a wild freedom is not the situation in life that Paul finds himself while he pens these words as God the Holy Spirit carries him along. It's not like Paul's been traveling been going back to see the churches he established, being an opportunity to, to meet with old friends in those congregations, being happy to see them and encouraging them to continue to rejoice. Really, it's quite the opposite. Could you advance the slide, please, Zach? Paul's in jail when he writes these words to the Philippians. Now, as a missionary for Christ, this wasn't a new thing for Paul. He had endured times of imprisonment before. In fact, when he was in Philippi proclaiming the message of Christ, he also happened to free a slave girl from demonic oppression. Her masters weren't real happy, though, because their lucrative trade disappeared before their eyes. So they had him thrown in jail. So even while Paul was in Philippi proclaiming Christ, he found himself imprisoned. An imprisonment that worked out, by the way, for the best because it's a famous scene in which the gates of the jail are open and the shackles fall off, but Paul doesn't leave. And when the jailer comes in and sees that his prisoners are still there, even though they had every chance to escape, he has to ask lots of questions. And the outcome is the jailer and his family became baptized members of Christ. But this time was different. Not only was Paul in jail this time, he had a very clear sense that he may not be freed from this imprisonment. In fact, one of his prayers, his statements to the Philippians is that he prays that in life or in death, Christ may be honored in his body. And he pens, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is by far better. 
Paul was at a scary point in life under imperial guard thinking he may die. But Paul's not alone in his trouble. The congregation has their own troubles of various kinds. While they may have a couple of wealthy patrons in the congregation, by and large the congregation was probably rather poor. And worse, they're being troubled by the dogs, the evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. Judaizers who wanted people to put their hope in the keeping of the law rather than in the death and resurrection of Christ. And on top of that, just before our text, Paul is pleading with two women. Two women who were founding members of this congregation in, in Philippi. Two women that he says worked side by side with him in proclaiming the gospel. But they're now at loggerheads. And he, in, 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 and he implores them to agree in the Lord. So it wasn't a series of happy things that brought about this call to rejoice in the Lord always. But rather in the midst of tough times and in situ tough situations, this call goes out also. And it's not just a call of emotion of joy. Because Paul actually, as the Holy Spirit guides him, shows us what rejoice in the Lord looks like. What it means. He even gives us the secret ingredient. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. When we started using the ESV, I thought, that just sounds weird. Your reasonableness. NIV translates it, your gentleness. But neither of those words really capture what's going on here. The call here, the root of the call is to yield. Let your yieldability be known to all. In other words, or excuse me, with other words that it's used, they're often combined with. This word is combined with things like being peaceable, being able to be persuaded, not being quarrelsome, displaying meekness. Part of rejoicing in the Lord is the idea that you're willing to yield your own interests to the interests of others. That is, of course, the way that Jesus deals with us. He yielded His rights, His privileges as sonship in order to redeem the world. Rejoicing in the Lord means that we will let our yieldability be known to everyone. And we do this remembering the Lord is at hand. Now, this isn't a, hey, watch out, Jesus is looking over your shoulder, you better do the right thing, you know, the big guy's watching. That's not it at all. Rather, this phrase, the Lord is at hand, is a phrase that directs our eyes to the future. We can yield to the needs of others. Because our own deepest needs will be fulfilled soon when Christ Himself returns. The Lord is near. And that's also why we should not be anxious. Do not be anxious about 
anything. I know a lot of you absolutely love those words, right? You've had those words hit over your head like a hammer, right? Quit being anxious, you sinner! Anxiety comes from a lot of places. There's a lot of sources of anxiety. Sometimes it's just generalized. It stems simply from a lack of control of the situations or things going on around us. And we simply become anxious. Oftentimes it comes from specific things. Things that we are actually in charge of in our vocation and our calling. Many of us, we want to do our jobs well. But then comes a, a tough decision or a tough situation where there simply isn't a ton of clarity and we become anxious. Anxious of whether we'll be able to handle the situation in a correct way. Anxious of what people will think about how we're handling the situation and all sorts of things. And these needs are very real. Anxiety comes from very real places. But Paul would encourage us to take our anxieties and sort of reframe them. To take our anxieties and ask, are we assuming that this is ours alone to bear? Or can we cast them on the Lord in prayer? This do not be anxious about anything. It's not meant to be another burden of the law, but rather a reminder, an invitation to remember that in our anxiety, we still can take everything to God in prayer. With prayer and supplications, Paul says. That sort of general prayer and supplications are those, those individual requests, those individual things we lay before God, inviting His wisdom, inviting His guidance, but also offering Him the control. With prayer and supplications, done with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known God. You know, there was a trend for a while, and it may still be going on, where this verse from Philippians was used sort of as a way to, to push God toward our will. Oh God, I thank you for healing from pancreatic cancer, John, your servant. You see, the theory is if we thank God ahead of time for something he's going to do, he's got to do it, right? And so often we use a wonderful invitation, again, to try to control and manipulate God. Paul is telling us that even as we make requests, we can offer our thanksgiving already, not to box God in in some way, but because we can be confident that God will answer in the best and the most timely way. And trusting that. Trusting that God will answer our requests is to help free us from our anxieties. 
Oftentimes the answer won't drop out of the sky, of course. But oftentimes the path becomes clearer. Rejoicing in the Lord is being yielding in spirit, letting go of anxiety, being thankful in prayer, and all of those things are grounded on peace that we have with God. And the peace of God, Paul continues, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God. We are no longer enemies of God. We are no longer fighting for God's attention. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The enduring, everlasting, eternal love of God has been perfectly demonstrated to you and to me and to the entire world once and for all in the giving of His Son at the cross. And in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have perfect peace with God. He is on our side even as He has brought us to His side. And because we're at peace with God, we work backwards the whole way. We can offer our prayers with thanksgiving even when those prayers are filled with trouble and anxiety because we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we can rejoice in the Lord always. Difficult situations sometimes. One of the most difficult that we go through in life is the death of those that we love. It can be a, a time of high stress, high anxiety, deep sorrow and mourning. That's why I love at the beginning of our funeral service, I, I, I've come to love and treasure these words. We gather together this day in the presence of God and His church to receive comfort in our sorrow from the Word of God and to rejoice in the promise of the resurrection. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who has said, Come to me all who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Easy times, difficult times, times of plenty, times of loss, times of joy, times of sorrow. We can rejoice in the Lord always because of the certainty of our peace with God established in Jesus' death and resurrection because we are certain that the Lord is at hand and when He returns, everything will be set, reset to perfection. And there's the secret. Paul says it. I, we, can do everything through Him, through Christ, who strengthens us. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.